1: 404 here on this new year's day it's jj john jastrzemski we're taking you through the uh, next two hours right here on the fang get a at 877-337-6666 and this guy's a man of many talents he's always bringing nba insight he's doing all sorts of good stuff with the boxing you got the garcia campbell fight 6 p.m eastern tomorrow night on the zone Let's talk some NBA basketball. One of my favorites, the great Chris Maddox. What's happening, Chris Maddox? How you doing, man? Happy New Year.
0: Same to you, man. I'm good.
1: Chris, let's start here. Brooklyn's standpoint, early in this season, we're not going to jump to any conclusions. But man, I mean, just watching Kevin Durant two weeks in, has he looked like and felt like the same guy we saw the last time he was playing for the Golden State Warriors?
0: Yeah, he has. And, I mean, look, I've been writing this since mid to late November um, that Kevin Durant wasn't just back. He was all the way back. I mean, I wrote a profile for SI on John Wall in late November. And as part of that, I was talking to people that were at some of these scrimmages that Kevin Durant was participating in in Southern California. And it kept coming up that, you know, this wasn't just Durant's coming back post injury just looked like old Durant and you've seen it in the first, you know, couple of weeks of the season not just on the offensive end of the floor but you know before the injury he was one of the better wing defenders in the NBA and you know watching some of his defensive stands he's been really good so I, you know you're right you can't jump to conclusions you know week plus into the season but i think one thing you can conclude is that Durant is is back, that this version of Kevin Durant is going to be the version you're going to get for the rest of the season, and probably one's only going to get better. I mean, you have to expect that as he shakes more rust off and gets more comfortable with his new teammates, he is going to be a better player.
1: Uh, At this point in time, Chris, do you think Brooklyn goes into this year as the team to beat in the Eastern Conference?
0: I look at them that way. I can understand arguments that go the other way. They certainly have not, I don't want to say... I mean, they've, they've, they still have some potential chemistry issues that could crop up. Um, I have in the past compared, you know, them to the way that the, what was it? The 18, 19 Celtics kind of fell apart where you had young players on that team that, you know, came into the season saying all the right things about sacrifice, but it became more difficult as the year went on when the shots weren't there as often as they were in years past. Now, you know, the Nets might be a different story, especially now that it looks like Dinwiddie is done for the season. That opens up more opportunity for guys like Lavert, Joe Harris, handful of other guys in that mix. But chemistry is still something that bears watching as the season goes on. But, you know, look, when you get into the playoffs, what matters more than anything is having two guys, that can, is having guys that can score in the, back, in the half court. And Brooklyn has two. Whereas you look at Milwaukee, maybe they have one. I mean, Giannis has not had... Favorable results in the postseason, especially when the game slows down. Miami certainly has proven with Jimmy Butler, but do they have a second guy in the way the Nets do? Does Boston maybe Jalen Brown's been great to start this season? Right now the Nets have two proven snipers in the in the half court in the postseason. That is going to be an invaluable thing come playoffs.
1: Do you think the Achilles heel for them? is facing up against a team with crazy size. Like, I think about Philly. And I understand, Chris, who knows with Simmons, who knows if they make a play for James Harden. All that will shake out over the next couple weeks, next couple months. But if Embiid is right, I mean, he strikes me as a guy that could just go and dominate them. And that's why I think those head-to-head matchups in the regular season would be interesting. Is that the way you think Brooklyn goes down? They just get bullied inside?
0: I mean, maybe. I think DeAndre and Jaron Allen are pretty good in the middle. Um, like, Embiid on his best day beats up on everybody in the NBA. I mean, there isn't a guy that can defend him uh, one-on-one, though I think Boston's got a good one, and Tristan Thompson, that should be effective in spurts. Um, yeah, look, I mean, Embiid can go off to whatever he wants, but Philly, to me, still has far more questions than answers in that on that team. I mean, you know, everyone's kind of touting the new balanced roster that they have, all right, but... You know, Danny Green was traded for a reason. Then you know, let's not pretend that Seth is Steph Curry here. I mean, Seth had a is had a good start to the season, but you know, I, I want to see how these guys do over the full seventy two, and not just over a, a week or two week span. Then plus in Ben Simmons and Embiid, they're always going to be question marks. So I, I don't look at the Sixers as being you know the the threat, the biggest threat to to, uh, to Brooklyn. I, I mean, honestly. Any one of those teams above them, whether it's Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, I think they bring comparable or more significant threats to to Brooklyn.
1: we got Chris Maddox, Sports Illustrated, The Zone, man of many talents, talking some NBA basketball right here on The Fan. And Chris, you're obviously well-connected to what's going on in the NBA, and I'm a beaten-down, disgruntled New York Knickerbocker fan. But I have to say, I like Tom Thibodeau. I I loved him when he was coaching the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Doc Rivers swears by him. I know those old Celtics swear by him. Is the perception around the league from people you talk to, do they believe that the Knicks are in a better place now with Leon Rose and with Tom Thibodeau, or is it, it's the Knicks, I need to see you know, tangible evidence of that before you know, I'm going to go tell you or tell another media member that I feel like they're actually doing some things in, dare I say, a competent manner.
0: I think we need to see first, and that's you know that's the perception I've I've gotten over what has it been three four months since uh, maybe even longer that Leon Rose took that job. I mean, look, Leon Rose is a very smart guy, but once again, the Knicks hired someone for their top basketball position that has never done the job before. So, you know, I think Leon, to his credit, has fleshed out his staff with some really smart people. I mean, Frank Zanin, well known in the New York area as a former assistant GM in Brooklyn, really respected guy. Walt Perrin, they took from the Utah system, who is you know part of what Utah has done over the last five six years, building that team out from the ground up. So they've they've made some right decisions. And look, Tibbs, uh, look, Tibbs is probably the least qualified human being on the planet to be a head coach and general manager. But as a head coach, he's excellent, and he's excellent with young players, which he showed during his time in Chicago and a little bit in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns and some of the youth there. And he's excellent with veteran players, as he's shown at different stops uh, along the way. So I think his coaching bona fides are there. He's going to be, the, I think he's the right coach for that job. And I do think that, look, it, it's frustrating if you're a Knicks fan to not get guys in free agency, but there's also merit to keeping your powder dry and not going out there and lavishing a Tim Hardaway Jr. contract or you know some of these other deals that they have They've you know spent their 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 salary cap capital on so to speak uh, over the Lee years. I mean you know kind of build this thing from the ground up. See if you can get more out of R.J. Barrett. See if Obi Toppin turns out to be a player. See if any one of these young point guards turns out to be a keeper. And, and worry about contending in the next year or two. I mean this should be a year and will be a year towards aim towards developing these young guys on the roster. So eventually, not only will you have cap space to sign guys, but for the first time in like a generation guys might want to sign there. You know, guys on the top level might look at New York as an appealing destination.
1: And in some way, Chris, you got to get lucky with this stuff, right? You go back to the draft. And I like Barrett. I think he's a solid player. I think he's going to have a a bright NBA future. But when Zion goes one and Morant goes two and then you're the team holding the bag at three, it it almost feels as if, like, all the cards are stacked against you. Is there some, like, element of of luck in all this where you just – one of these years – kind of
0: just got to get lucky in the lottery? Well, it it absolutely is when it comes to that lottery position. I mean, look, I mean, you know, anyone's like, oh, God, you know, the Knicks got R.J. Barrett. He's not the same as as Zion and Ja. Okay, yeah, but go on down that draft order. Like, there aren't guys that you take over them. Like, it's just it wasn't very good from three on down in that year's draft. So, in that way you do have to get lucky. But, look, you also have to be smart. I mean, there's a reason that these teams that are – consistently at the top are there. I mean, San Antonio spent decades at the top, not because they got lucky on draft night with Tim Duncan, but because they were really smart on Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and Kawhi Leonard. None of these guys who were blue chip type of prospects drafted inside the top 10, or even in the case of Ginobili, in the first round. Same thing with Toronto. They were able to win a championship a couple of years ago, not because of Kawhi Leonard, though obviously he had a huge part in it, but because Pascal Siakam was the 27th pick in the draft, a couple of years before I mean you know you, yeah, yeah I, I hate when when luck is often is attributed to draft success like this is your job like your job is to be good at drafting that's why you're paid a whole bunch of money it's why your these scouting departments are so fleshed out like you do your job right and you're going to be able to build a winner relatively quickly you do it wrong and you whiff on these picks and and you're in a whole lot of trouble that's why I brought up Walt Perrins I mean, Donovan Mitchell was not a blue-chip guy. He was 13th overall, I think, in his draft. Rudy Gobert was 27th. I remember being at the Combine when Rudy Gobert did his thing. Everyone was laughing at him for his lack of athleticism. The Jazz weren't, and they drafted him, and they have cornerstones. I mean, you just have to be smart with these draft picks and make sure that every one of them in that first round counts.
1: Chris, what are you hearing about the market for James Orton? Is he going to stay with the Rockets all year? I find it hard to believe. Uh, just because he's basically tried to do everything in his power to get out of there, um, but Houston is waiting for that right deal. How is that yeah, going to shake out over the next couple
0: of weeks? I don't even think there's any real hope in Houston that Harden will change his tune, that you know, a couple of weeks with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins will make him see the light. I just think they they feel like that ship has sailed. The, the question's going to be how long do they hold on to him and how quickly does some of these deals start to materialize? I think there's going to be a pretty robust market for James Harden. It's not going to be, you know, just the list that James Harden submitted, or at least has as, as kind of put into the universe. I think there are going to be teams out there that see the two years left on James Harden's contract, see a landscape that is – there's no warriors from the last three or four years. The Lakers are good, but they're beatable. The Bucks are certainly beatable at the top of the East. Uh, The Nets could still have some unknowns. So I think there will be teams that are on the cusp that maybe they can, they think by adding Harden, that gets them over the top, that are willing to roll the dice. And that puts the Rockets in a favorable position. Over the next weeks and months, and and look, I say months because I don't think it gets past the trading deadline, but it could lead right up to it. um, uh, You're going to see, I think, a bidding war for James Harden start to emerge. Who
1: is the Western Conference team you like matching up best with the Lakers?
0: You know, they haven't gotten off to a good start, but Denver, to me, is that team. Um, you know, I-, I think this could be the year where the Nuggets put all that talent together. I mean, every year it seems like they've got eight, nine guys and they're really good, but, you know, can you win like that in the postseason? I mean, last year they in the bubble, they kind of proved they can But Jamal Murray is a savage, you know, in, in, in playoff games. Nikola Jokic can make plays for them. I mean, they had some bad luck against the Lakers uh, in that series, but I, I think they... They are on that level. And if Michael Porter Jr. makes the strides that it looked like he was poised to make in the bubble and becomes, you know, what some people are saying is the most improved player this year, I I think they're going to be a handful. I mean, Porter's that kind of guy that can get you buckets in the half courts, like I described uh, with Durant. You add him to Jamal Murray, uh, that's the team I think can be the most dangerous to the Lakers. The Clippers, to me, uh, until they prove that, you know, that they're not going to fall down when they get punched in the mouth. Uh, I, I'm still going to be leery of them.
1: Chris, obviously starting a the year doing a whole lot of reflecting on the misery that was 2020. You spent time in the Orlando bubble for the NBA ended the regular season and the post season. What was that like? It, it
0: was an experience. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you describe it because there's almost nothing you can compare it to, uh, you know, waking up every morning. I mean, it's almost like a you know, white collar prison in some ways. Cause you have a, a very detailed schedule that you have to follow when it comes to what you wear and when you test and all those things. Um, I I did think it was a a surprising success and it was so successful. I almost wonder why the NBA wouldn't push to go back. I mean, the one thing it did, it was, it it protected the integrity of the games. Players didn't want to be there. I get that. I didn't want to be there half the time. And it was stressful on them with families as well. But these games, you know, outside of the, the natural injuries, the integrity was protected. And that's the biggest fear for the NBA in the coming weeks and months. That you know, you see LeBron go, you know, catch COVID and go out for two weeks or so, or other players, you know, you know, catch the bug, and, and all of a sudden his contact tracing and games are all all kinds of messed up. The NBA doesn't want to have the integrity of their games suffer as a result of this virus. So, my my lasting takeaway from the bubble was as stressful as it was, we saw the best of the best. We saw these guys compete at the highest level without the coronavirus interrupting it. And and I think that was, I mean, that's, that's the accomplishment. That's, that's what they set out to do. And I think they they accomplished it.
1: Chris, final one. I appreciate the time as a guy who is a basketball junkie and a boxing junkie, your dream sporting event. You could be at one. It's like game seven of the NBA finals, or it's like the ultimate
0: (laughs) heavyweight title fight. What is the event? It's, it's a heavyweight title fight or it's a major fight. And it's really not close, honestly. Like I've but Just been because at,
1: of the buzz, Chris, like being in yeah. Vegas, that whole scene, because I've never been out there and people tell me all the time, you got to go out to Vegas at one point for a big fight. You'll yeah. never get that juice and that experience. So I'm not surprised you gave me that answer. There,
0: there's no, there's nothing like the, the week, the buzz during the week, but there's also nothing like that moment before the opening bell rings and you have no idea what's going to happen and you're watching two world-class guys in the ring. I mean, I, I can... I, I can palpably remember the feeling of Pacquiao-Mayweather. Now, that, that fight didn't turn out to be as good as we hoped, but in that moment, after six years, seven years of negotiation, you get Pacquiao versus Mayweather, a mega fight. It's just like your, your hands are shaking. Your whole body is kind of tingling as you wait for that first bell to ultimately ring. And I'm, I'm not sure there is a fight like that out there right now, but you know Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship It's not as well-known a fight to American fans as Pacquiao Mayweather, but if that fight materializes in the summer of 2021, whether it's at Wembley Stadium or in Dubai or wherever the hell it may be, I'm going to be there. And I think that's going to be uh, uh, just a a mind-blowing experience.
1: Chris, unbelievable stuff. Always a pleasure to catch up. Keep up the good work. Stay safe. We'll be reading. We'll be watching. Keep it going. Okay, amigo? You got it, John. Take care. Good stuff there from Chris Maddox over at SI in the zone. Likes the Nuggets. That's good news for my 17-1 title bet. I like the sound of that. 420 here on this Friday afternoon. Bama, Notre Dame about to kick off. Uh, We're getting you ready for the Giants and the Cowboys. And what you're looking for when it comes to the next Jet head coach. And why, to me, this narrative of head coaching experience in the NFL is vastly overrated. Coming to you live from the Town Fair Tire studio, powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody.